Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Welcome back, everyone. I am so excited to welcome to Wonderland Alexis Wolfler, the founder of The Beauty Bean, the amazing online women's magazine and email newsletter that gives readers an intimate, unique perspective on all things beauty, health, and wellness without the focus on weight loss, dieting, and that number on the scale, but rather they focus on the latest products and research, trends and beauty and fitness and wellness for the modern woman to lead the healthy, happy, beautiful life that she always has wanted to live. So it's an amazing, cool site, and so I'm so honored to have its creator and editor-in-chief Alexis here in Wonderland today. She's doing amazing things since earning her master's degree from Columbia University. Alexis has been on a mission to make women feel beautiful. And she's become very well known in the industry as a beauty, fashion, and lifestyle expert. And she's even been seen on the Today Show, The Doctors, E! News, NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, the list goes on, CNN, Oprah.com, Teen Vogue, Access Hollywood, so many things. So I am so excited that she is here with us today. So thank you so much for being here, Alexis. Thank you. What an unnecessarily flattering introduction. (laughs) It's so true. And I'm so excited. I'm excited to be here. Yay. Okay, cool. Well, let's dive right in um, with your journey because... I am dying to hear and zoom the lens out a little bit and hear kind of the backstory of how you built your business and became an entrepreneur. Can you talk to us about that a little? Sure. So I have my master's in women and gender studies from Columbia, like you had mentioned. And prior to that, I had gone to undergrad really thinking that I was going to study economics and finance. I have three older brothers. They all do that. My dad did that. It was kind of always what I thought I would do. And I stumbled into an intro to women's studies class in college solely because my advisor was teaching it and I needed an elective and I loved it. I immediately switched my major. My parents were a little bit like, eh, like, what are you going to do with this? (laughs) And so I ended up going to grad school and prior to that had worked in East Africa and Tanzania at a women's empowerment group, helping women who were widowed by HIV AIDS apply for microfinance loans. And so I was really passionate about all these really deep human rights issues when I had started in graduate school. And for sure thought that that's what I would do, whether it was joining the Peace Corps or working at the United Nations or something along those lines. Simultaneously, while I was in graduate school, I ended up getting a part-time job at Lucky Magazine, working in their fashion department. And throughout college, I'd had multiple internships sort of in this beauty, fashion, lifestyle space, often at Condé Nast, and loved it. I love that world. I've always been kind of the girly girl who played with her mom's makeup and love fashion, and I still do. And I always thought that that would kind of be a hobby of mine, and I would work in this really deep human rights world. And I ended up writing my graduate school thesis on women's magazines and their influence on body image and eating disorders. And I had struggled with an eating disorder in college and a bit of a couple of relapses afterwards and 
which is something that I was so passionate about. And I was just so frustrated with women's media. And it's, it just felt like everything was predicated on making women feel crappy about themselves in order to sell them things. And I just fundamentally disagree that that's how women need to be sold to. I believe that women are smart. I think that we're innately beautiful and that we can create women's media that's based on those premises and build women up from there. Wow. That's kind of where the beauty bean came from. It was, you know, I graduated from grad school and I left Lucky and I ended up getting a job at Stylecaster as one of their first beauty editors just to get online web experience because I didn't have any, all of my editorial experience was in print. And I was there for about nine months while I was working sort of on the idea of the beauty bean. And it just kind of spun from there. And then the beauty bean launched about five years ago now. And within the first couple of years, it was named to Forbes magazine's top 10 lifestyle websites for women, which was so exciting. And it just kind of spun from there. And now, you know, the site really covers, like you mentioned, everything in health, beauty, wellness, all designed to help empower women, make them feel better about themselves and provide information and tools for women to make the best choices for them, whatever that choice might be. Wow, I love that. And it's it's really awesome to hear your story and kind of that that really intense contrast between the deep human rights issues and activism that you were really into and then also beauty and lifestyle and mm-hmm. women's rights and women's culture. And it's really amazing how you've really been able to blend those together um, in such an amazing career. You know, it was something that I was really insecure about for a while. While I was in graduate school, all of my peers were, you know, they were writing their graduate school theses on things like rape as a weapon of war and genocide prevention. And here I was writing my graduate school thesis on women's magazines and eating disorders. And it felt so light to me. And it wasn't until I really became acutely aware of the fact that unless women respect our own bodies, that we can't ask others to respect them also, that it became so it became so clear to me that eating disorders and being free from the pressure of conforming our bodies in unnatural ways that that's the ultimate human right is to be able to live your own life and your own body in an empowered healthy way and only once we have those rights are we able to demand that same level of respect from others wow that i couldn't agree more and that's such a po- powerful way to say that um Talking a little bit more about um, your eating disorder, would you? What would you say would be the one or two things that really helped you get past it and not relapse again? I think it was a lot of things. I think it was actually starting the Beauty Bean had I think was like the last straw to really push me through. Like I hadn't had a relapse in a while, but creating a website that was predicated on making women feel better about themselves forced me to hold myself to that standard. And so when we were writing articles about, you know, the reason why you shouldn't be weighing yourself, it just kind of helped reaffirm that I shouldn't be weighing myself either. And it just, I think the beauty bean has been my biggest help with regard to becoming more and more at peace with my own body. And then simultaneously, I was in a really bad horseback riding accident about four months, three and a half months ago. And that actually also kind of like being pulled down so physically to your core and having to really rely on your health and your strength. And it was no longer about 
you know, how my pants fit or what I weighed or anything like that, but really being able to focus on how strong I was and how healthy I was and recovery, that was a really powerful lesson as well. Yeah, absolutely. I I can relate to that a lot. I think, um, you know, being people who have struggled with this, I think we constantly, there's a couple things there that you mentioned. I I think one of them, a really great tactic for people who are struggling with this or maybe struggling with this, I think is getting into something else with wellness and with health. When you focus Mm -hmm. on your health, you just can't put yourself down in that way. And I think um, that can be definitely a big um, catalyst to kind of make that change. And then also what you said with the beauty bean, um, being really your your platform to hold yourself accountable and say, you know, practice what you preach. And so mm-hmm. whether that's something that people can kind of take away from this conversation, you know, maybe they don't need to start an amazing online lifestyle magazine, but maybe it can be a blog or talking to a friend or, you know, it's it says, you know, they say like to teach is to learn. And I think that's kind of a, a great lesson that Absolutely. Absolutely. I also think, you know, being really immersed in this health and wellness space, particularly with female entrepreneurs in that space, you know, we have so many open, honest dialogues about our bodies and how we feel about them. And I think that just taking the stigma off of it helps so much. So when there are those times where I'm like, crap, like there's still days when I wake up and I'm like, I feel fat or I feel gross and I stop myself and I know, I know where that's coming from. I know how not to act on it. And I know the people that I can turn to who help reaffirm what I know that I already know, but it doesn't mean that, you know, I think of eating disorder sort of as like alcoholism. I think that, you know, once an addict, always an addict. Right. And it's a matter of keeping it in check and not acting on those tendencies and being really honest with yourself about it. You know, it's all well and good to be honest with others. And I certainly do my absolute best to be as transparent and open and honest with everybody that I come in contact with, both about my journey and sometimes the setbacks along the way, even when I've thought that I've been well past that. But being really honest with yourself helps you have clarity and it helps you move forward in a really healthy, honest way. Absolutely. I think um, I I couldn't agree more about, um, you know, it being some like alcoholism or, or a drug addiction. And I think the thing that makes eating disorders especially tricky is that with alcohol or with drugs, you can stop. You don't need them. But with, with food and the, the stuff with food is so tricky because we, we all need food every single day, three times yep. a day and a couple snacks. So it's always there. And um and it's I, I read recently a statistic which just totally makes sense. I didn't even need to see a number, but it pretty much said like there's something like ninety eight percent relapse rate for people who have had eating disorders, and it's like okay, of course, like of course right. that's true. So right. Um, so- and I think part of that is that there's just so much pressure on women and this ridiculously unattainable ideal of beauty that is so crazy that it permeates our entire lives. So in a way, when you can say like, you know, whether it's with drug addiction, you know, staying away from triggers or staying away from the people who you've abused, whatever substance it might be with, you know, like you said, we have to eat and we have to, we have to kind of, it's a much more difficult ideal to get away from. Right. Right. So 
so going off that a little bit, I guess, and you mentioned this before on those days where you do wake up and you feel that way, or if those thoughts do creep in, do you have any like practical advice or um, techniques that you use to kind of bridge that thought and say like, I'm not going to, to think that way today? How do you get past that? So things that help me are reminding myself that my weight isn't my worth. And I no longer weigh myself. I don't own a scale. I do not weigh myself in a doctor's office. I don't ever get on a scale. Sometimes to my doctor's dismay, but he usually is pretty understanding. Um, because I know that the second I have a number in my head, it puts some sort of a, a number value on my worth, my attractiveness, etc., which I know is bullshit. You know, I know that it is. I just it becomes more challenging to staying away from that, you know, getting rid of whatever those triggers are for you. I also just really put the focus on being healthy and being happy and living a life that I'm really happy with. And, you know, those days are so few and far between now. They used to happen all the time, but now they're extraordinarily infrequent. But, you know, I'll go for a good hike or a walk with my dog or, you know, for me, part of my was that I kind of threw myself into exercise really aggressively. And then I was like, oh, well, this is good. I'm eating and I'm exercising and exercising is healthy. And I didn't realize that I was exercising in a way that was abusing my body. I wasn't being loving to it. It was still a matter of trying to conform to some sort of a beauty ideal. And so for me, it's also about, you know, having a really kind way of being active and at peace with my body, as opposed to feeling like I have to punish myself in order to exercise. That's beautiful. I think that's that'll be really helpful to a lot of people. I know that's helpful to me and and so many people can relate to this. I think and that's the other thing is just what I've realized in my journey is just how common this is and how, you know, I would even argue that that most of the most women have, you know, some sort of eating disorder, just some issues with food because I talk to a tremendous number of women on a day-to-day basis and I have yet to meet a single woman in the western world who I think has a healthy relationship with her food, exercise, and her body. Sometimes they have a healthy relationship with one or two of them, but I have yet to meet a woman who has a healthy relationship with all three. Yeah, I I could not I that does not surprise me at all. And um and it's so funny because so many of us walk around like like we do, like we've got it all together and you know, we can control it and it's really like it's really about letting go, I think. Of course. And I think that there's so much about, I think that's why it's so important to be authentic and honest. I think that there are a lot of people who look at me and think I have everything all figured out and that everything's all peaches and cream. And for me, it's really important to be really open and honest about what my setbacks are and where I'm at and how I feel about things. And, you know, for me, that's living that in a more public platform than for others. But even if it's just among your peer group or among your family or among a single friend who gets it, I think it's really, really important. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And and I, I can relate to that a lot. Just, you know, just being a little blogger and having built this little community that I have and I, I feel this almost pressure to be a certain way or look a certain way. And really what I've what I've come to realize after doing this for a while is that what people want most is authenticity. Absolutely. And what people really like, what people really dig is when you just are real. And the more real I get in a post, the ones that I'm scared to press publish on, the videos that I, 
you know, don't really want to do are always the ones that have the best response that people really resonate with and the ones that people really need. So I think, um, you know, when, when you're real, people just fall in love with that. They just so the can't get one thing that people have responded most to with regard to the beauty being over the last five years was our makeup free Mondays movement, which was something that I started about four and a half years ago. The beauty being was still really new and, I was just so frustrated with all these airbrushed images and this idea of celebrities being caught without makeup as if that were such a bad thing. And they were always these really unflattering shots. And it was this idea that you're not beautiful if you don't have a face of makeup on. And, you know, here I was, I just started this website. You'd spent all this money kind of putting your best self forward, your best headshot. You know, I don't believe in airbrushing images, but they were all, you know, beautiful shots with professional makeup done, blah, blah, blah. And I took a picture of my face without any makeup in my bathroom, in my apartment with my iPhone. And I wrote a post on not how I was committing to not wearing makeup on Mondays. And it ended up getting picked up by AOL. It ended up, it was on the homepage of AOL for about 48 hours. It was at the end of their year, one of their most highly trafficked articles of all time, had millions of hits, thousands of comments. And it was something that I was so scared to do because I was scared of what the response was going to be. I was scared about not looking pretty, of people not thinking that I was pretty and therefore you should not trust me with regard to your skincare recommendations perhaps. And you know, now being you know, four and a half years later, I have so much more perspective on it. But like, the reason why people responded to that wasn't because I was doing something that was crazy. It was because I was doing something that was really authentic yeah. and that I was coming from a place of really wanting women to know that, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you are beautiful just the way you are. And that, yes, like I love makeup. Makeup is fun. It's glamorous. It's exciting. It's something to play with, but it doesn't define me. It doesn't define my beauty. It doesn't define anything about me. And I find that so many women at a certain age, get to a point where they look in the mirror first thing in the morning and they see their reflection and they think this doesn't look like me because I'm so used to seeing myself with either eyeliner or mascara or lipstick or, you know, I think every woman kind of has her thing. Right. And it's just a matter of trying to get back to the point where you can appreciate your beauty for exactly where it is with makeup or without. Mm. I couldn't agree more. And that whole story, I think, is such a beautiful lesson for authenticity and what it can kind of give. But, but also um, that the point about makeup itself—that's it's so interesting. And I love mm-hmm. what you're saying about it just being something added, not something that you need. So many people say, like, I can't leave the house until I do X, Y, and Z. But right, they say I need to put my face on. I'm like, you have a face, right? Right. Like it's so bizarre. And I I mean I've fallen victim to it myself, but it's still very very bizarre to me. Totally. I couldn't agree more. Um well, but I guess- I do think that it's also, you know, like when you say like what are some things that help keep me in check? Something else that I really try yeah. to do is not, you know, often like we're out with our friends, people take pictures and then they'll be like, "Oh, are you okay with my posting this?" And I have a philosophy where I ask not to look at the picture and I'm like, "Yeah, it's fine. Just post it." even if it's not particularly flattering, because I think that there's something about people who live their lives somewhat in the public eye. And obviously, like, I don't live my life very much in the public eye compared to a lot of big celebrities out there. But I think that the vast majority of people are so heavily curating the image that they're putting out in the world, whether it's the Facebook pictures that they're untagging if they don't think that they look good, or they're getting angry at their friends for posting something on Twitter that they don't think is flattering. And all we end up seeing are these really highly curated collections of images of women around the world 
whether it's our peers, whether it's you know celebrities, you know, you rarely see images of what women like really look like. And I'm like, it's okay if somebody sees a picture of me where I'm not wearing makeup or where my skin doesn't look right or, you know, I'm having a bad hair day or whatever it is or, you know, I'm not smiling great or whatever it is that I think that there's something about that that's really important for us to recognize in ourselves and in other women. Totally. And I know um, our mutual friend, Isabel Fox Duke, who was on the, the show a couple of weeks ago, has a great post about um, fat pictures, She, I think is the title mm-hmm. of it. And um, she has the same photo of herself the same night. And one of them is like her the skinny one and one of them is the fat one. And she's yep. like, this is the same person, the same exact day. And it just goes to show that like, we put all this pressure on ourselves to get these certain angles and do things with our arms. And it's just so silly and so uh-huh. crazy. So I think bringing that, com- bringing this conversation to mainstream is absolutely amazing. And and that's kind of perfect to, for the segue to what I was going to ask you next. So with the beauty bean, you really try to kind of, um, it's sort of like the underlying thing of inside of, every post that you do, but like you really promote self-love and self-confidence for women. Um, but you kind of do that in a kind of sneaky way. Can you talk about that a little bit? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, when the site was designed, you know, I was acutely aware of the fact that the 16 year old me wasn't going to come on a site that was like, Hey, click here to feel better about yourself. And I wanted this to be a place for women of all ages to be able to come and get all of their beauty and lifestyle content, everything that they're going to their monthly glossies for in a way that very subtly made them feel better about themselves. And in our first design, we relaunched about a year ago with this new design that's now. But even in the initial design, or especially in the initial design, it was really unclear. You know, it was very much a beauty website and we just happened not to talk about weight loss. All of our beauty content was about, you know, it being fun and glamorous. It was never about that you need this product. All of our fitness content was about being fit and healthy and strong. It was never about how many calories you were going to burn or anything like that. And we spoke a little bit about this, like, self-love, wellness, mental health, etc. And when we read about maybe like six months into having the site up, we ran a Twitter contest. And it was like, tell us what you love about the beauty bean to enter to win. And I'd say 95% of the entries had to do with people feeling better about themselves when they read the site. And I was like, oh my gosh, like they're getting it. And not only are people getting it, but they're liking it and they're responding to it and they're still reading it. And this doesn't need to be a secret, quote unquote, anymore. And so when we relaunched about a year ago, we kind of made that a little bit more obvious. And so now we have our pretty bold column that's kind of our feminist take on beauty. But yeah, every article on the site is really designed in a way to provide content for women to feel empowered and beautiful, regardless of what that looks for you. I love that. That's amazing. So, um, well, it's working amazing. And thank you. It's great. Can we dive in and talk about that a little bit and talk about business um, and how you've built your business and having the confidence to be an entrepreneur and go out on your own to support yourself by doing something that you love. Do you have any advice for people wanting to make that shift when making their passion and their mission, turning that into a career? I think the first thing is to become really, really clear on both what you're passionate about and what you like to do. I think a lot of the times people 
have this really idealized notion of this message they want to send to the world. And they're really fuzzy on the actions that are required in order to do that. And then they end up getting into it and they're like, eh, like, I don't want to do that. Right. Or I don't want to do those things. So I think it's really important to think about both sides. I also think it's really important and I don't think that enough, I'm going to say female entrepreneurs, but really any entrepreneurs, I just happen to roll in a lot of female entrepreneur circles. I think a lot of female entrepreneurs don't talk about how hard it is. And I think that they don't talk about the fact like it's okay for this not to be for you. You can still find ways to be really passionate in a career that's a little bit more steady or a little bit more controlled, if you will. I think that there are a lot of people who think that this is the only way to get their positive message across, and it's not. So I do want to kind of preface all of what I'm about to say with those two things. But for me, this was exactly this is exactly what I want to be doing. I love my life. I love what I do. I love what I do on a day-to-day basis, activity-wise, those doing things. I really love the mission of what I stand for with the beauty bean. But I do think that it's really, really important to become really clear on exactly what it is you want to do, who you want to do it with, whether you want to do it all on your own. And even if you're doing it on your own, quote-unquote, because I launched the site on my own, but with a whole lot of people behind me. You know, it was just so important to have people who were supportive or people that you could rely on or lean on in some capacity when you do have those tough moments. And, you know, for me, my dad is an entrepreneur. He was in finance. And I can't even tell you how many nights I called my parents in the middle of the night, hysterically crying that I didn't know if I could do it. And my dad would be like, you can do it. You can do anything you set your mind to. And he would hang up or he would say, what's the worst that's going to happen? I was like, I feel like I'm blowing through my savings. And at the time, I think I was like 26 years old or 25. And my dad's like, so you'll be 25 and you don't have a savings account? Like, give me a break. And he'd hang up on me. And he was so right. But it's so hard to see those things when you're in it, especially when you're kind of at the age where it seems like all of your friends are at the cusp of their careers and that they're, you know, I had a lot of friends who had graduated grad school about the same time I did. And they were working as lawyers. and They were making a ton of money. And I was like, oh my God, like, what am I doing? Like, am I wasting my time or my education or anything like that? And I think it's just a matter of being like really laser focused. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. That that was kind of ranting. Feel free to ask me a more specific question. (laughs) No, no, that, that's really good. I think you gave some really sound advice and it was, it sounds great that you had your dad and kind of that sounding board to be like, keep going, keep going. Because a lot of people, and, and a lot of times, you know, it's a generational thing where, you know, I think parents um, first want their kids, they always want their kids to be happy, but I think above happiness, they want their kids to be safe. So a lot of parents Absolutely. maybe don't um, want to see their children go down this path because it is so hard and it is so difficult. So course, a lot of people- my dad's feeling was that at the end of the day, if after a year this wasn't working- And my dad had actually said to give it two years. But I think at the end of a year, you kind of have an idea of whether or not things are working or not. But he was like, if at the end of the year, you've decided that this isn't for you or that this isn't working or that this business, he was like, the amount that you will have learned is so far exceeds what anybody is learning in a traditional job that it was worth every quote unquote wasted penny. So true. I couldn't agree more. What an amazing outlook. So much. But I also think it's really important to have 
you know, I don't really like the word mentor because I think it implies a very single-sided relationship. But I do think that it's really important to have people around you that get what you're doing. And for me, like my dad was extraordinarily supportive about entrepreneurship as a very general category, but he had no concept of what the hell I was doing. Right. Like he was so confused. He was like, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're doing what? You're so what? <laughs> like, he What's a even, blog? You know? <laughs> right. He like barely checks his email. Like right, right. he did not have any concept of that. And for me, it was, you know, joining some entrepreneur groups. It was meeting other women. And I found that the most valuable thing for me to this day are the, my peer entrepreneurs. So people who are in non-competitive spaces that are doing similar things, leading similar lives with similar size audiences, but in different spaces. And it allows us to really, we really understand where each of us is currently, where we want to go, et cetera but we aren't overlapping in any way. And I think that that's really, really valuable for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Speaking of your career and the life that you've built for yourself, what do you love most about your job, your career, and your day-to-day life? So many things. I love that I get to consistently talk to really inspiring people and meet really cool, interesting women in particular who are doing awesome things in the wellness space, you certainly included. I really love that I get to, you know, really live my own truth and be really authentic, that I've been able to create a career out of being really authentically me. I love that none of my two days are the same. You know, some days I'm running around like crazy and other days like today, I've been in sweatpants all day sitting in front of my computer in my apartment. I went for a hike at like 10 a.m. with my dog for an hour and you know, I work more hours than probably anybody I know, but I get to pick what those hours are. And for me, I love that. I love being able to wake up really early and get a bunch done and then be able to have some time to do things that I really love to do. And I get to travel. I get to really live a lifestyle that I'm really happy with. And I get to kind of walk the walk. That sounds amazing. I love that. So What's, what's next for you? What's your long-term vision for your brand and for the Beauty Bean? So I have a book coming out in April. Oh, it my gosh. Congrats. Available. Thank you. It's currently available for pre-order on Amazon. <laughs> it is called The Recipe for Radiance, and it is a beauty cookbook. So it's half recipes that promote beauty from within, and it's half recipes for topical homemade beauty remedies all using food. So the idea is that you can go to your kitchen and using all-natural, organic, healthy ingredients – you can create skincare remedies, hair masks, body scrubs, etc., all really naturally and healthfully. And it also talks a lot about what you can eat in order to support your beauty from the inside out. Oh my gosh, amazing. That is right up Wonderland's alley. We will have the link <laughs> below and everyone should go buy that book Thank because you. I cannot wait to read it and make everything. Thank you. And we have a lot of really amazing chefs contributed recipes. A lot of incredible celebrities shared some of their favorite DIY beauty remedies. Because I think the one thing that I was seeing so much with regard to the beauty bean was how many people were responding to the DIY stuff that I was already doing naturally. And then I would be interviewing celebrities and I would ask them about DIY things. And the number of celebrities who I came across who have access to every $500 face wash and $1,000 cream who were going into their kitchens and using sugar to exfoliate their faces was staggering. 
And I was like, this is amazing. And most women don't even know all of these things. So the book features a lot of their tips and it's a really fun, really fun beauty inside and out kind of book, all natural, healthy, and organic. It sounds really fun. And honestly, that that makes sense. You know what I mean? The people, it just kind of goes to show that the creams and the lotions and potions really like they're all just a stand in for what was designed by nature and how we're actually supposed to eat or how we're supposed to treat our skin. You know, we weren't really supposed to use those lotions and things. So even the people who can have tons of access to those, they're still not as good as what's from nature and what's from the earth. Exactly. Like the eating side of things really came out of my eating disorder stuff where, you know, my hair was falling out and dull and dry. It's like, of course it was. I wasn't feeding it anything. And then all of a sudden you start to eat healthy, natural ingredients and your skin glows and you're not breaking out and your hair looks voluminous and shiny and healthy and your nails are growing and they're strong. And that kind of spun from all that. And then the DIY stuff was as a beauty editor, the number of skincare products that come across my desk on a weekly basis that are like, and now it has some superfood in it. And I'm like, wait, like we're putting blueberries in this face cream. Like, why don't we just go to the source? Right, right. And it's easy. It's cheap. It's fun. It's really fun. And it's a really good way for you to kind of get in tune with what your skin or hair or body needs. And you know, a sense of community as well. They're really fun recipes to be able to do with your friends. Amazing. I think it would be so fun to have a sleepover with you and do all this. Right? <laughs> that was party. Let's do it. Um, okay, cool. Well, now I want to get personal with you and yeah. the girl behind the beauty bean. You ready for it? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, this is like my favorite question to ask um, anybody who comes on the podcast because I really think it gives a great insight into um, your life. So could you walk us through your morning routine and maybe like the first three things you do when you wake up or any specifics on how you start your day and why that's important for how the rest of your day goes? Sure. So I almost always wake up before my alarm goes off. I often set my alarm for sometime around like 6.30-ish. I rarely sleep past 6. I usually wake up I turn on, I have a heating pad in my bed and this is post accident, but I'm, my hamstrings are really tight after the horseback riding accident. So I sit on my heating pad for about 15 minutes. I think of that as like my meditation time and I stay in bed for a bit and then I get up. I always have coffee as much as some of my peers in this wellness world would be yelling at me right now. But for me, coffee is my inner peace. (laughs) It makes me happy in the mornings. I really love the ritual of it. So I have some coffee with some almond milk. I take my dog for a little walk just in my little apartment complex. I immediately start checking emails and responding to the ones that I'm inspired to respond to. I usually do also a mass delete in the morning of anything that I just am not feeling. Um, And I know some people in some careers have more ability to just delete emails than others, but (laughs) I feel... Like in my job, I get a lot of unsolicited beauty emails. So do that to make everything a little bit more manageable. I usually turn on the news um, or at least look at like CNN or the New York Times on my computer and make sure that whatever updates were supposed to happen for the beauty bean in the middle of the night actually happened. 
And then I usually work out in some capacity. I either go to a spin class at Flywheel. I'm a big fan. One of my best friends is Lacey Stone, and she's a fitness instructor at Flywheel. And so I take her class a couple of times a week. I'll go for a hike a couple of times a week with my dog. Um, Try to just stay active, break a sweat. Um, I really like being outdoors. And then the rest of the day really depends on what I've got on my plate. You know, sometimes I have TV segments that I'm preparing for or hosting. Other times I've got some meetings. Other times I'm spending most of the day writing or reading or doing research. And it really depends. For quite a few months, I was spending the vast majority of the time writing the book. But now my time is a little bit more free until the book comes out. So now I've been cooking a lot for pleasure and for recipes for the beauty bean. But Definitely writing a lot, reading a lot. Nice. Well, that sounds lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. So after your amazing day, my next question is, could you walk us through your evening rituals and like some of your favorite ways to relax kind of after a long day or what, what do you do in the evening? Um, so for me, I love to read. I don't have a TV in my bedroom. Um, I really love to kind of get into bed and read before I go to bed. I often read books, a combination of historical fiction, nonfiction, fiction, novels, memoirs, it really doesn't matter. I've always kind of got a book that I'm working my way through. Um, For me, being in the beauty business, my evening beauty routine, I think is something that really grounds me and makes me feel ready for bed. For me, that taking off my makeup, I use organic virgin coconut oil to take off my eye makeup. I wash my face. I use a toner. I put on face cream. I, you know, kind of like decompress all of those things. Um, and yeah, I try to put my phone away about an hour before I go to bed. And so I get kind of get to disconnect. I think being in such an online entrepreneurial world, it's easy to spend, you know, it's very, very easy to spend your entire waking day in front of a, a device. I find even sometimes when I'm on a hike, I'm like checking emails throughout my hike and I'm like, what am I doing? Leave <laughs> so, that thing at home. Yeah. <laughs> I like try to disconnect a little bit before going to bed. Nice. Um, sometimes I'll watch a TV show. Like I'm a big like Homeland fan or Newsroom or any of those oh, scandal I like. Any of those like kind of terrorist based <laughs> I'm not sure what that says about me. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So, well, you kind of led us into this, but I was going to ask you, as the beauty bean, what is your number one favorite beauty ritual? Oh, gosh. I have a few. I, you know, I'm going to say that one of my biggest beauty tips that I think every woman should keep in her fridge a container of full-fat Greek yogurt. And I don't even eat dairy products, and I always have it in my fridge. But it is no an way. amazing product for your skin. You want to make sure it's plain, organic, preferred, full fat. But if you can't find full fat, like even like a 2% or a 4%, whatever you can find, it becomes increasingly difficult to find full fat varieties. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can put it on as a facial mask or you can spot treat areas. But the lactic acid is really great for breaking down dead, dull skin cells. So it'll help to unclog any clogged pores. But it'll also just get rid of – sometimes if you have that dull layer of skin – Um, the probiotics in it help to balance the bacteria in your skin. So again, really great for making sure that you don't break out, but also just for neutralizing the bacteria on your skin. The fat is a really wonderful moisturizer and the cold helps to reduce any sort of inflammation. And you can put this like underneath your eyes. You can put it all over your face, not on your eyelid, but everywhere else. You can even put it on your lips. 
And you'll see it just really helps to really beautifully, gently exfoliate your skin, calm any redness. It's a really, really wonderful remedy. So I'm going to go with that, but I only do that maybe like once a week or sometimes I'll like throw a Q-tip in it and like pop it on like if I have a pimple coming or something like that. Um, I also always keep organic cold pressed virgin coconut oil in my bathroom. I use it to remove eye makeup. I find that so many eye makeup removers irritate my eyes and a lot of them don't really get all the all the eye makeup off especially a waterproof variety and just a little bit of coconut oil, like very gently rubbed into your eyelashes, use a cotton swab to wipe off the excess and it takes off all of your eye makeup really easily. And you can leave that little bit of residue and it helps to moisturize and also to gently exfoliate. I adore coconut oil. It is literally magic for your eye makeup. It's the best. It's Um, unbelievable. It really is. But the dairy or the um, Greek yogurt thing, I had no idea. Yeah, That's it's wonderful. It's really, really wonderful. You can really use – it doesn't need to be Greek yogurt. I like Greek yogurt because it's a thicker consistency, so it yeah. sticks on your face a little bit more easily. Uh-huh. You can even use like whole milk, like wow. a compress with whole milk. It's really – you just want the you want the fat and you want the lactic acid that's in the dairy products. I had no idea. You know, I also don't eat dairy, but now I can't wait to go and buy it because mm-hmm. it sounds amazing. So do you just put that on, on – you clean your skin and then you'll just put that on, leave it on for a little while, like 10 minutes or so, and then just wash it off? Clean skin, put on a medium layer. You want to cover your face so that you can't see your skin underneath, but it doesn't need to be a very thick layer. Like less than a tablespoon will cover your whole face. You can put on your neck and décolleté as well if you want. I like to let it sit for about 30 minutes. You want it to kind of start to get like crunchy, as gross as that sounds. Yeah. And then I like to take a washcloth and some warm water and kind of very gently use circular motions to kind of help to even further gently exfoliate my skin. But sometimes I'll just like pop, hop in the shower after. It's a little bit messy to get off, especially if you get it in your hairline. So I like to do it before I take a shower. But you certainly don't have to. I love that. I think that yeah, people are going to walk away from this conversation with so much advice in so many different areas. We've, this has been very eclectic. We've talked about a lot of different things here. <laughs> but it's well, awesome. I'm a pretty eclectic person. So I love it. <laughs> Me too. Me too. That's why, that's why I love the Wellness Wonderland. It can kind of be this umbrella topic where we can talk about all of these really cool things. So We have a ton I, of other DIY beauty recipes on the Beauty Bean. So you can go there. There's a whole section. You can find all of them and really for like any skincare concern. And there's certainly ways to like boost up the Greek yogurt depending on your skin type in order to get some more antibacterial benefits or better for wrinkles or things like that, which you can find all that on the site. Perfect. We'll put those links below too. Um, so I guess keeping with the topic of beauty, but shifting a little bit, um, we know that food is a huge part of the beauty equation and I know you agree. So I'm going to give you a little scenario about food. You ready for it? Ready. Okay. So it is like 7 or 8 p.m. You're tired. You've had a long day, um, but you're hungry and you want to make something quick for dinner. What do you do in the kitchen? Oh, I cook a lot. Um, So often I have sat like clean greens already in my fridge and some healthy salad dressing that I make with an apple cider vinegar and some raw honey and some toasted sesame seed oil. And so I can often like quickly toss together a salad. I will make, I get this awesome bread out here in LA that I've never seen anywhere else that's gluten-free and vegan. It's a quinoa base that's amazing. So sometimes I'll make that with just some raw almond butter on it. Um, 
I like some brown rice with some almond butter mixed in or some raisins and almond butter mixed in. I know that sounds kind of funny. Um, I'm not a huge delicious. dinner per I don't eat meat and I'm not, I tend to be very hungry when I first wake up in the morning and I eat a big lunch and I'm not usually, usually for me dinner time, like I'm happy with a little snack or an apple with almond butter or something like that. I've also started making, I make my own nut butter sometimes with pecans or cashews and some dates and you can make them kind of sweet and yummy and it feels kind of like a sweet treat and you can put it on a little bit of toast on an apple. Yum. I also make sweet potatoes a lot. I find that sweet potatoes for me and everybody is different, but for me, they're extraordinarily filling. They're grounding. They're really high in antioxidants. They're great for your skin health from the inside out, both for anti-aging and anti-acne. And, you know, being in this like late twenties time in my life, it seems like I'm still like sometimes breaking out and I'm starting to notice, you know, little fine lines or something like that. So, you know, vitamin A rich foods are really important for that. Um, and I'll just chop them up and boil it until it's like a little bit soft and mash it up with sometimes a little bit of coconut oil or a little bit of almond milk and have kind of some mashed sweet potatoes. Yum. That sounds delicious. All of this is making me hungry. (laughs) (laughs) So what are you doing in your life right now that you're afraid of, but you're doing anyways? How are you challenging yourself? Wow. That is a good question. Um, I'm trying to be more open minded to, in my personal life, open minded is maybe the wrong word in my romantic life. I'm trying to be more open to possibilities. Oh, I love that. You'll have to fill us in on (laughs) what happens. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to be more, I, I'm very open minded was kind of the wrong word, but you know, just kind of like being more like whatever happens happens. I think for me, you know, a lot of my friends, we're starting to get married or have babies. And I felt like this pressure that was completely self-inflicted. There was not a single person in my life putting any pressure on me whatsoever, except for myself. But I was playing this like compare and contrast game. And, you know, it took me a little while. And then I stepped back and I was like, I love my life. Like, I love what I do. I wouldn't trade my life with anybody else's. And it's okay that like, I'm not married or that I don't have babies. Like, I'm not ready for that. I'm not there yet. Like, <laughs> So just kind of being open to whatever that path may be and not having any sort of expectations. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. So one final question for you, Alexis. Um, mm-hmm. So as you know, the name of my blog is The Wellness Wonderland. The name of yeah, this I podcast. love that. Thank you. My favorite hair salon in New York is called The Wonderland Beauty Parlor. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, I'll have to go there. Go and check it out. <laughs> Absolutely. So my question for you is when I offer you that term, Wellness Wonderland, what does that mean to you? For me, a wellness wonderland means being really at peace with my body and making decisions that support my body in whatever way that may be. So if that means waking up in the morning and like not really feeling so pumped about a workout, for example, this morning I was supposed to go to Lacey's spin class and I woke up and I was like, I am just not feeling that. And I canceled it and I went on a hike instead because that was what my body was telling me to do. Or, you know, I try to really listen to my body with regard to food. I think that our bodies tell us so much about what they need. We just do a really terrible job of listening to them. And so really being at peace with exactly where I'm at, knowing where I want to be, but being open to whatever that path might be to get there and really listening to my, whatever you want to call it, whether it's your inner voice or your gut or your body or whatever, your heart, 
with regard to all the choices that I make that support me being healthy and happy. And that involves my personal life, food, diet, exercise, beauty routine, self-confidence, et cetera. Oh my gosh, I love that answer. And I think it really goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning about authenticity and just being, you have to, to be able to listen to that voice, you have to be genuine enough with yourself to actually hear it. And I think you have to know that there's a voice there. I think so many of us, particularly young women, I think we grew up kind of always hearing about all these experts. And so there was always this idea of, well, you turn to an expert to tell you how to eat, how to exercise, how to study, how to think, how to vote or whatever it was. And it's, I, we can't listen to our inner voice if we don't know that we have one. So I think it's a matter of voice, trying to get in tune with it. And it's okay to sometimes not listen to it. You know, like last night I was exhausted. A friend called and wanted to go out. I was like, my inner voice was telling me, Alexa, stay in bed and go to sleep. And instead I was like, screw it. I'm going. And I went and like, now my nose is kind of stuffy and I'm not feeling great today. <laughs> you know, like I should have listened to my body, but you, know, you have to know that you have that inner voice and be able to pay attention to it. Yeah. And be okay when you don't, you know, I think just like you said, so that's amazing. So let's finish up with some rapid fire questions. Just say the first thing that comes to mind. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Favorite color? Orange. Favorite day of the week? I'm going to go with Monday because I don't think anybody ever says that. Yeah. Favorite hour of the day? Um, Maybe like 3 p.m. Nice. Favorite fall vegetable? Sweet potatoes. Favorite fruit? Granny Smith apples. Yum. So good. Um, Favorite breakfast or do you eat the same thing for breakfast every day? I don't eat the same thing every day, but I very often have a banana or a banana with almond butter. Yum. Favorite on-the-go snack? Um, not really a big on-the-go snack kind of gal. Um, maybe some raw nuts, like cashews or something. Nice. An apple, banana, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Easy stuff. Yeah. What is one food that you have probably pretty much every day? A banana. Almost every day. Yum. What is your absolute number one favorite way to relax? Oh, it really depends on my mood. I think sometimes like going out with girlfriends and having a glass of wine and just kind of chilling out is amazing. I think sometimes like just staying in and having alone time and reading a book is really amazing. I love to cook. It really depends. Nice. Lots of good options there. I like that. What's the best meal that you've eaten recently? Let's say in the last like week or two. It's going to sound so bizarre, but last night I had Polish food for the first time since when I was a little kid. And it was delicious. Yum. I had some like beet soup situation that was amazing. Ooh, nice. Yeah, it was great. Is that, isn't it. that called like borscht soup? Yep, I had borscht. Yum, yum. That but it was really vegan good. and gluten-free, which I'm not sure if it usually is. Yum. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I would think that it would be if it's just beets or – anyways, we'll have to research that. Yeah, sounds I'm not really exactly good. sure what's usually in it, but it was delicious. Yeah, it sounds really good. So what superhero power would you have if you could have one for a day? Just a day? Just, yeah, just a day. <laughs> um, probably just to be able to teletransport. I feel like I love to travel. Most of my family's in New York and my friends are in New York and I'm living in L.A. now. And you know, being able to pop back and forth would be really nice. Nice. 
What's your favorite vacation that you've either taken or that you want to take? I spent a lot of time in Tanzania and East Africa, which was so life-changing. Um, I'm going to Tokyo and Thailand in a couple of months, which I'm really excited about. Nice. Lots of cool places. Um, what is your favorite movie? Um, gosh. I don't know if I have a favorite movie. I really like Bridesmaids because I like a movie that kind of makes me laugh and I can do other things. I'm not great at absorbing media uninterrupted. I kind of, it's always sort of like in the background and I like doing other things. So something that's a little bit more mindless, I really like. Um, I really loved Memento, that, remember that brain injury movie? <laughs> yeah, nice. Those. What about your favorite book? Um, the Alchemist. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. The, the last person said that too. Oh, it's so good. If anybody listening to this has not read it, I have read it so many times. It is so great. I also just read a book called A Sense of the Ending that was really, really beautiful. Nice. But the opposite, you can like read in a day and it's life-changing. So cool. What is your favorite song? Oh, um, I'm a big fan of like early 90s rock so like any type of like smashing pumpkins nirvana pearl jam i'm into all of that nice nice (laughs) grunge yeah love it oh my gosh this has been i've had a blast i hope you've had as much fun as i have because this has been just so much fun i loved hanging out with you this was such a fun, random, eclectic mix of topics. I love it. I do too. Like usually when I do stuff like this, we all we talk about one thing kind of to death. <laughs> I know. Well, I really love the podcast format because it really allows us to, you know, there's no time constraints and the conversation can really be organic and we can let it just flow into whatever comes up. And it's my favorite way to conduct an interview. So thank you so much for just kind of riding the wave and, and letting everything come up to the surface. It was amazing. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening and Alexis for being here. And we will be back next week. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week. But until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me at Katie Dalebout and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook. So we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.